We are at a place in the West, namely within cultural Christianity of America, where we can no longer assume that we are on the same page whenever we say some of these terms, which is why we're talking about today our second major tenet within fierce parenting, and it's this, family is God's idea. And so there are a lot of uh, people that might hear that and think, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but I think, if, and there are there are other people that would say, what makes you so sure that it's God's idea? And so we're here today to unpack that exact question is how do we know that family is God's idea and what is the world trying to offer um, if they're saying that it's not God's idea and how can we really get under the surface, kind of dissect and um, disprove some of those lies and really bolster our faith in the design that God gave us in the family. That's going to be a good conversation. We'll see you on the other side. This is Fierce Parenting. Where we believe that kids are a blessing. Family is God's idea. And everything about parenting is discipleship. So leave the blame, shame, could-haves, and should-haves at the door and join us for gospel-centered conversations. Welcome to Fierce Parenting. Selena, as we were uh, discussing this prior to um, hitting record, I'm just blown away at the perfect storm that it is uh, that we live in now, mm-hmm. right? In, in the early 21st century, um, everything that happened over the last 100 years has brought us to where we are today. And starting literally like in, in the 20s, in the roaring 20s, <laughs> just the everything that happened in terms of industrialization, globalization, the wars that were happening, World War One, World War Two, um, that happened in the U.S. and the the baby boom and the the, the steel industry and everything that happened across the country, um, and how it kind of led us to where we are today culturally in terms of the family, right. um, and the deconstruction thereof. Right. And so a lot of people will say. Hey, the family's kind of up for grabs, like the nuclear family, um, this idea that there has to be, um, you know, one man, one woman in a marriage with kids, uh, that's all up for grabs. And we're here to say, you know what, you know, God has a design for this stuff and it's not arbitrary. And God's design is something that we need to run to, Mm -hmm. not try and disprove or not try and look away from, but actually, uh, submit ourselves to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not just so that we can say that we're fitting some cultural mold, no, it's because he's designed it, and he's designed it well. He's designed it good. It's a durable institution, and that's what we're here to talk about. So family is God's idea. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, um, let's do a little bit of our of our normal housekeeping. Uh, this is a new podcast. Yeah. Um, if you're listening to this, you probably are jumping on, whether you're jumping on right as we're releasing it or maybe years later. The point is... is <laughs> It helps a lot if you leave a rating and a review. That's like one of the first things that you need to do as soon as you get a podcast off the ground. So please do join uh, Team Fierce Parenting. Leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, ideally, there'll be good ratings and reviews. Um, we'll take anything, uh, but we're hoping that this is helping well, you and that it would... Well, I mean, we don't have a choice, but... <laughs> we don't have a choice. You're going to do what you're going to do. <laughs> do what you're going to do. Um, and we just promise to bring... Um, be as faithful to the Bible as we possibly can be and remind you of the gospel and then give you tangible ways to live it out as parents, um, both parents who are co-traveling alongside one another, but also as you deal with the ins and outs of your kids and uh, things like that. So leave a rating and review. Um, we actually do have a way of partnering with us as well. We do this on the marriage side of our ministry. This is the parenting side, obviously. <laughs> and we, we thought, you know, strategically, let's keep those things separate. That way we can um, 
it can build up the teams and the infrastructures and it'll be different because we aren't the only people that are making this happen. Mm -hmm. There is a whole team of people that you're helping to provide for if you decide to partner with us. So to, to go there or to, to partner with us, just go to patreon.com slash fierce parenting. You'll see some options uh, to jump on board there. There's no um, partnership too little. Um, and finally to share this with your friends, if you have parent friends um, who could benefit from content like this. So, Selena, what do you got today? Yeah, I think it's important to just, um, I'd like to restate our mission uh, in these beginning episodes because I think it's very important. Uh, We here at Fierce Parenting are uh, helping to point parents to Christ and encourage them in the gospel. Um, As parents, we need this as well. Yes. Uh, So it is good for our hearts. It ministers to us as we are uh, ministering to you. Um, We hope to be finding the intersection again in this parent space between hopeful and helpful. We really try to do that on the marriage side as well. But uh, we do believe that every question in parenting can be addressed by considering the biblical roots of these, uh, the three core tenets that we are going through. Uh, We went through the first one in our last episode, which which is is, (laughs) kids kids, are a blessing. Children are a blessing. Yeah. Um, And then today we are going to dive more in depth into our core tenet number three, which is family. Number two. Number two, sorry, is family is God's idea. And the third one, which we'll cover in the next episode, is all of parenting is discipleship. So good. This one feels like, the, the second one feels like t- it's a tipping point. Uh, it really is a tipping point. And what I mean by that is that if you are on the fence about this idea, um, it will affect and trickle down and cascade down into every aspect of your parenting. And and so if, if you think that God's design for family God's design for you as a mother, as a father, God's calling to you as a mother, his calling to you as a father, um, to live out that role in a very specific way. If you think that's up for grabs or you think that's optional or you think that's up for interpretation, um, that's going to be a, a watershed moment for you or a watershed issue for you. And we're here to, to, to help you by God's grace. Okay. We're, we don't want to be in the way here. We want to just be, I guess, messengers communicating what the Bible says. And we're here to say, God has designed family. Now, does that mean that we have in our minds a perfect expression of his perfect design? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident in saying that I don't understand perfectly what this needs to live, <laughs> look like lived out. But I think we do have some good ideas of what it can look like lived out. And that's the, um, that's the content of today's. Oh, and the big caveat. Um, do you want to say the caveat? Or no, sh- I'll let you say it. <laughs> uh, the caveat is as we kind of... Um, unpack and look at what this ideal, what family is according to God's design. You got, you got to remember, uh, we're looking at Genesis two, but also don't forget Genesis three. <laughs> so right. Genesis two is the culmination of God's creative work in creating the universe and earth and all the creatures and humanity. And then saying to humanity, uh, go forth, bear fruit, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That's the ideal. And then they consummated their marriage. They were two became one flesh. That is the biblical family. Okay. And then what happened in Genesis three? It broke. Everything broke. Sin broke everything. Sin entered the garden, entered the world. And so we have dysfunction. And Mm -hmm. even in the first family, there is homicide. There is murder in the first family. But that doesn't say by a family member. If that doesn't say something about the effects of sin on the family mm-hmm. and the family structure, I don't know what does. And so the caveat is this. You may come from an imperfect family. We all do. Selena's came from an, a broken home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was your, your parents were divorced when you were uh, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that, that could be your history. 
Or you could be trying and struggling to cobble together a family the best you can. And, and that could look many ways like a blended family or it could look like you, you know you're you're struggling to even just stay married or maybe your kids uh you know are uh they're not, they're not obeying like you think they should mm-hmm. and you're just like well they're painting this picture and it's it's, un, it's unreachable and so the caveat is this we are looking to god as the as the perfecter of this institution and the perfecter of our faiths and so we we are relying on him to help us get there knowing all the while that we still have to kind of sift through the brokenness of this world, the brokenness of our own hearts, our own lives. Right. And so we don't want you to hear any of this as we're putting shame or heaping shame or uh, anything other than just let's look to God and his design and yeah. then and then trust that he can bring it to re- realization. In our I lives. think it's more of an invitation uh, to relinquish some control in areas that we really don't have control over and to just trust uh, God's promises and God's word. Um, yeah. in the midst of the brokenness, right? Because like you said, throughout history, we have, you know, the 50s where there was a mom and a dad, mom's at home, dad's at work, kids are playing in the fenced yard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's there's backlash from that, and then there's backlash from oh, that response. You're saying you know, huge, like, huge things right I now. Know. Do, do you want to go into no, that? No, I'm uh, just saying that okay. we're not, we are imperfect beings, and we are yeah. broken by sin, and it doesn't diminish God's word or the power that it has. Um, I think it just invites us into his presence and uh, allows us to try to embrace um, Hmm. his commands and his instructions as best as we can. And so we are not, uh, yeah. So there's no shame to be had, I think, right now. We are just talking about Let's, what your family looks like today. And let's just look at what God says that, about, yes. about this idea of family. And then we can start to kind of do some, some triage on our own lives, yeah. if you will. And of course, the, the entirety of the Fierce Parenting podcast will be to that end right. uh, over, you know, however many episodes God allows us to do right. over the coming years. So, so family is God's idea. When we acknowledge that God designed the family, our view of its priority is transformed. We can then take full responsibility for our roles in the family. Hmm. Um, and just kind of a little tidbit here. We are not discussing uh, roles or responsibilities uh, in this episode. We are kind of just sticking to that idea right. that family is God's idea. Mm. Um, but we will be covering that stuff, uh, in a couple months in a series called basics. So that will be coming out. Keep your eyes open for that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good time right so, there. <laughs> let's define the family here. Okay. And I, I want to do that by looking at scripture and not Oxford, <laughs> Oxford <laughs> dictionary or Webster's. Uh, so let's do this. Uh, Genesis one, 26 to 28. Yeah. Uh, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Uh, so that's kind of the cultural mandate. That's uh, that's part of the cultural mandate anyway. It says a lot about the work and the outcomes of living life here on earth under the common grace of God. We'll leave that for another conversation. But then verse 27 says this, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Okay, so massive, massive monumental thing happening there. And God blesses them. And God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In the parallel account in Genesis 2, 
Okay. Uh, it's th- those two chapters kind of happen and unfold almost like um, like an interweaving mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you read them one and then two, right. <laughs> um, they kind of happen. And so anyway, the, the second account in Genesis two, he says, uh, and the two became one flesh. Right. Right. So there's a consummation happening um, and they were naked and they were unashamed. Right. So we see this this idea of family not being one, but being collective. Right. Yes. One, two being brought into one. Um, as a reflection of who mm-hmm. of God's own image, let us make man in our image, yep. and and then they they create He created them, so there, there it's a reflection back. God is not He is one. He is three in one, but He's not solely one. Right, right. And that that that's a huge thing because uh, the our Trinitarian view. Mm-hmm. Okay, Trinity is not it's not a word you'll find in the Bible. However, you'll find the idea and the doctrine in the Bible. It's very important that we embrace the idea that God is three persons in one God, mm-hmm. that he is in himself the uh, the very um, picture of community, right? And he's designed us in, in their image, mm-hmm. in our image. He, cr- he created them. And so uh, we are designed in some ways, in, not in some ways, in every way for community. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's, it's about the collective of the family. It's not about the individual. And that's a huge thing. So family, we see it established uh, with the cultural mandate, which is be fruitful and multiply. The fruitfulness was, he's obviously, he's not talking about them bearing fruit literally. He's saying, create children, like bear children, make, make, make little ones in your image, male and female, Mm. and, and pass along your, your genetic material (laughs) and and multiply and fill this earth and Mm. subdue it. And that's my gift to you. And that's how you're going to glorify me. And this is God talking to them in the garden. Mm. Of course, that all breaks down. And then God immediately enacts his image. His, excuse me. He enacts his vision and his, um, what's the word? His decree, his, uh, his covenant for redemption. Mm. We see that in uh, Genesis chapter 3 when he says, uh, the seed of the female will crush the head of the serpent. Uh, that's the first gospel. Mm. It's the first kind of picture we see that God will redeem. Okay, through the seed of the woman. Okay, so we see that family, like uh, family lines matter. Genealogies matter. That's why we see in Matthew it traces all the way back because Jesus was the culmination Mm. of this familial promise that God had made that started in the garden. Right, and it doesn't just end there. Right. Right. So family actually, it continues on through scripture. We don't have a time to do a full survey of all <laughs> the, the the importance of family and the covenant of God. But uh, the big one is Abraham, the Abrahamic covenant. When God steps in and says, it is with, with your line, mm-hmm. like your children will be as numerous as the stars in the sky, as the sands mm-hmm. in the seashore. Uh, you Through your line, I will bless all nations. Mm-hmm. That was the promise of a redeemer to come through this line of Abraham. And that then, of course, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the 12 tribes that came out of Jacob's 12 sons, or I think 11 sons, and then one got tacked on at the end, I think. Um, it's 12. <laughs> There's 12 there. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. No, it's um, interesting to see to see the themes that are, that are coming out of Scripture when you talk about family or you look up family. The fact that family was at the beginning of creation uh, and not something arbitrary along the way should to us as Christians and believers, we should understand where it was placed in time. Like in the beginning, Hmm. God created, you know, the heavens and the earth and on these things. And then Genesis one, God blessed them. And then 
you see the first time in Genesis where God, he's saying, it is good, it is good, it is good. The first time that he says that it is not good is when he's saying it is not good for man to be alone. Hmm. And I think we need to take the weight that's there and understanding that can be there. It is not good for us to be alone. Sometimes we think yeah. that it might be good for us, but the Lord has, has said it in the beginning. And I think there's an echo into eternity of it is not good for man to be alone. And so he makes these covenants with us. He makes these covenants with uh, families. But you were saying something really quickly. Just um, it's not a... a like by blood family anymore. Yes. It's a spiritual family. So that yeah, we are... we're looking back into biblical history right. and seeing the biblical redemptive story unfolding. Of course, that promise started in the garden and it, it carried through to Abraham. That's where it was solidified. Then it carried through all the way to the time of, of, of Jesus because mm-hmm. Jesus was of the line of David and the tribe of Judah and he fulfilled the promise. Right. Okay. And so that promise, yes, was very attached to the right. family line of Abraham because God kept his promise. Now, when Jesus arrived on the scene, right, that covenant was fulfilled. And so that's why Christ, like his arrival was so huge. It wasn't just, he was this amazing, uh, he just solved all the, the, the problems. No, like he was proof that God is God. Mm-hmm. He was when he when he rose from that grave, mm-hmm. and he was resurrected, and he he stood before those all those witnesses, and he and he he ascended up into heaven. That was proof that God is God, and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the true God of our faith. Mm-hmm. He is the God of the promise, and and then Christ then said, "Now you go and you make disciples." So now it's it's a familial thing, but instead of being my my genetic family or my immediate family. Now it's the family of God in Christ. Right. We're adopted in to God's spiritual family. Yes. Now we're co-heirs with Christ. We're brothers and sisters because of Christ, with Christ. And he is our, he is our king. He is our Lord, but we have been adopted in to that family. And now we've been told to do what? To be fruitful and multiply, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. So yes, the family is important all throughout the old Testament. And just because Christ now came and said, now you multiply and your family is ultimately the family of God. Mm -hmm we still have this glad burden, this glad design that God gave us in the nuclear family, in the, the family, uh, you know, making children in our, right. in our, in our ma- marriage and multi-generational families, which is one thing that we talked about a lot Right, was the multi-generational piece. I don't know if we have time to get into that today. No, but. I want to back up a little bit to just talking about, so we're, t- I don't, I don't, I think many of our listeners would agree with us that, yeah. uh, the themes in the Bible, uh, about family, the ideas, God's instruction. Yes. They're saying yes and amen to this. Um, I think where mm. the rub comes, right. Is when we contrast, uh, God's instruction, God's decrees, his, uh, and whatever his word to what is happening around us today right. in culture. Um, we see just this, the, the individualism is being raised above everything else and everything is governing and catering yeah. to this idea of the individual, uh, which is also bringing about the deconstructionism of not only the family, but right now we're focusing on the family right now. So family is now, you know, yeah. people are saying, Oh, that was an old idea that worked back in the past. It sort right. of did, but now it's just kind of, it, it can be whatever you choose and whatever you feel like and whatever you want. Like it doesn't mm. have to look like this. Um, which as believers, I mean, that's, it's, so, I, I bet you that there's, there's people that you deal with parents at the schools that your kids go to that we are, you're now, um, facing and seeing, you know, they, they obviously don't, but yes, they don't believe the same things. Uh, so 
Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering how this works itself out for, you know, a professing Christian couple, right? Cause right. they may, they, they'll, they'll be the first ones to say, Oh yeah. Right. Family is right. one man, one woman for life. They're in marriage, raising up babies and adopting in, you know, potentially adopting babies mm-hmm. in that's a biblical thing. They don't have to be born by you mm-hmm. to be raised by you. That's a very biblical thing. We're all about adoption. Um, in the cases where God calls you to that. Um, and that's a biblical good thing. But how does this, the, the deconstruction of the home, how can that subtly chip away at Christian households, which is what we are addressing here? So how does it chip away or, or and or how can we be bolstering uh, the family unit without right. um, making it an idol at the same time, right? Yeah. And I think some the ways are very subtle. Like we start, we may start to think that, oh, our marriage is kind of just a nice to have. It's yeah. not something that we need to fight for. And we have an entire ministry <laughs> side of our ministry that's dedicated to marriage for that purpose, that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up, never gives in. That's by God's grace. Right. So we can start to devalue marriage and therefore we can think, oh, the kids will be fine. Right. If we you get a divorce, the kids object, will be fine. You start, people become less human and more objects when you, mm-hmm. when you're, the idea of individualism starts, when you start becoming selfish and focused only on yourself, you can no longer see the effects and needs of others around you. And we start seeing marriage and family as a, almost like a, um, just a means to our own end and not, yeah, it or serves us. And life is a la carte and right. it's all about me. Cause remember the, 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 um, the primacy of the individual, mm. I should be able to exercise my freedom and get what I want at any cost. Mm. If family happens, if marriage, if children happen to contribute to that, then you can come along for the ride. But if you get in any way, if you get in the way of my self-actualization or you oppose, that, yeah. or you oppose it, then you are now in, you're in the way of effectively my God, which is me, me myself, yeah. myself. And so we're here to say family is something that's designed by God, not just for us to enjoy it, but right. for the flourishing of mankind. And we started this conversation with these three questions. Can an individual flourish without a family? Can a church thrive and flourish mm-hmm. without families? Can can society function in a healthy way with without families? And I think the answer to all three of those questions is in general, no. Yeah. Well, we're no. gonna we're gonna see that, and I think we're starting to see the effects of that. I think we're gonna see that in the next twenty years. We're already seeing. Um, it. We're, we're seeing. Yeah, I think we're seeing parts of it, but I don't yeah. think we're seeing the full picture yet, unfortunately. No. And so that's where we are coming in, not just to bash. Right. We we are supposed to be known uh, by outsiders by our love for one another, um, yeah. by. Christ and our, our gospel, the gospel mm. that we believe. So us bashing um, the sin and the brokenness and the strongholds that people are deciding to live in is not going to help anybody. We're here to say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. This is what it looks like when it comes to family. We mm. are, we need a family. God has designed it for us to flourish in, flourish there, for it to be a safe place for us to grow, for us to um, wrestle with our faith. And to, you know, the Bible encourages us to look at it critically and to trust and know that God is going to meet us there. We, we don't have to be afraid of unknowns with the Bible. We have a family. Not, maybe it's not our physical family, but maybe it's a, a spiritual church family that we can go to with our doubts, with questions. We, shouldn't, we don't have to be. As Christians, we don't have to be afraid of that. Yeah. Um, society is already on a downturn, and I, I don't know how far it's going to go. You know, God's in control, and he's sovereign. Mm. <laughs> but we are, going. But uh, without, yeah. without healthy yeah. families, which is what we're here today to say that it's God's idea and the ways that you fight for it, are not necessarily out with picket signs or posting stuff on social media, but truly focusing on your family 
things that we talk about on fierce marriage of like family worship, uh, discipling your kids, discipling one another, being in the word, understanding the truths of scripture and living those out, modeling those for your kids, modeling those for in your, your church community, uh, and for outsiders and reconciling with each other. Uh, when it seems like no one else knows how to reconcile or get through conflicts, those are the ways that we are battling against this cultural norm that it's all about the individual. No, it's about a family. It's about us working together, being the body of Christ. Hmm. So that's me for now. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I, I really, I, I'm really tempted to, because you used the word like individualism. Um, you, talk, you talked about um, like you use a deconstruction of the home. Those these ideas that are coming to head now were started a hundred years ago. Right, they're nothing new. They're nothing new. Now, it's I don't think. Do I think there's some grand plan to deconstruct the family to tear no, down society? It's just humanity following itself and not. Some... Okay. Yes, I also think there are spiritual forces of darkness at yes, work. Yes. And you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tear down uh, the church, um, I, I would start in. The I home. would start in the home. Yeah. I, and I would start by the dividing the parents. And, yeah. I'd go after marriages and I'd go after the family itself. And I would basically say like, Hey, your career is, is above your family. And we don't, no one, sta- no one says here's it. the thing is yeah. no one stands on the side of the road and you ask him, Hey, do you love your job or your family more? Oh, my family, of course. When it, yeah. But well, then why do you, why do you spend 10 times more, 10 times the amount of time with your, fa- with your job than you do with your family? Why do you, uh, why do you live in such a way that it seems like, uh, it's costing your family. You would rather have a nice house than a healthy home. Hmm. Well, that'll tweet. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, uh, you, you know, people won't say these things overtly, but they live it overtly without yeah. admitting it. Mm-hmm. And so we're here. And that's why I really want to go into like consumerism that as it unfolded post World War Two. The psychology of consumerism, the need to drive consumerism and how that's shaped the post industrial home or the post-agrarian home into the Industrial Revolution. Now we're, I think we're kind of post-industrial, even more fragmented because right. people are working uh, online. Yeah. And so they're not only isolated from families, but they're isolated from other individuals. Yeah. And so it's like it's almost like we're being uh, split apart from the herd so that we can be picked off. Right. <laughs> and as... Now, huh. I'm, I'm, this is a really fiery topic for us, if you can't <laughs> tell. Listen, um, we're here to address... Christian homes, yes, families within the Christian church, and to submit ourselves alongside you to the Christian vision. And by Christian, I don't mean just doctrines and just orthodoxy. That's part of it, but we mean the Word of God right. and Christ as the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the and the promise that was revealed in the New. Right. Um, to submit ourselves to that, and then make sure that we're asking hard questions, mm-hmm. so that we don't live our lives in a lie. Right. And, and then wake up one day and realize that we've missed it. Right. So. Right. And I think Proverbs 3, 5 through 8 really just nails it down for us in terms of trusting. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Hmm. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I think the struggle can be, right? The enemy can paint uh, evil in a not evil light, right? It can look right. good. And so we have to be vigilant. Part of the Christian life, I mean, constantly Jesus is saying, stay awake, stay alert, be on guard. Be in his, what does that mean for us as believers? It means knowing the word of God. It means understanding his promises and his truth uh, yeah. in light of the lies and darkness of the culture and the world that we are 
in right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that can be said. Um, I, I do want to, we have to wrap up this episode cause we're out of time, but I do want to look at some scriptures, um, that, that again, just bolster this. Uh, we're kind of operating on a number of just warrants or assumptions that you are on board with this idea that family is not just a human idea, uh, but it's God's idea. We taught, we read Genesis one, um, Ephesians three is a great picture. It says, um, it says, uh, actually Ephesians six, excuse me. Uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. The idea of the the familial unity and the obedience and submission mm-hmm. to God's plan and obeying our parents as one of the Ten Commandments, that is intrinsically tied to living long in the land mm-hmm. for these Ephesian uh, families. John one twelve. but uh, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's the idea that we are, God doesn't use and a um a, the relationship that's cold it's a it's a familial right. relationship right. to identify us in his family he didn't he didn't give the right to those to become followers or people of god but children rather children of god right it's so interesting um and this is galatians 3:29 and if you are christ's then you are abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise that has vast implications yeah. theologically yes. that we are heirs according to the promise of abraham uh, and that promise only matters because of Abraham's family and the and how God used the family of Abraham to birth his nation. Right. And now we've been grafted into that fold. And Because of Christ. Uh, Galatians, if you go right. back just a couple of verses into 26, it says, For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. Again, we see uh, us being brought in through this familial uh, re- identification or relationship. Mm. I think we can get into why family is important. I think this this passage from Psalm 78 gets at it. It says, He established testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded uh, our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope. So why mm-hmm. is family God's design? It's because it's the way we pass down our our saving faith mm-hmm. and that we make it known to our children and our children's children and their children. Um, it's, it's the way that the people of God are the people of God in many cases. Mm. And of course God will work and bring people in from outside, mm-hmm. but I think he works from the inside out through families. Um, and there, we, there are many more passages. Yeah. Again, I just want to make that call on that and bring to light that the spiritual family, um, because I know that there's a lot of hurt. Um, so oftentimes between our, our, yeah, our relatives, our blood family, right? That we are genetically linked to. Mm -hmm. Um, But we do have a spiritual family in Christ and because of Christ that we can run to, we can find safety in Mm. and we can wrestle and grapple with hard questions about our faith and about um, the hurt and pain and fear we've dealt with in the past. Mm. So yeah, take comfort. What a gift. What a blessing from the Lord. You are in Christ. When you're in Christ, you are a co-heir and you are our brother and sister. You are, you stand alongside the saints co-heir, of past. Not alone. Yeah. Yes. You're not alone and you're not just a friend, but you are a family member. Mm. Um, and so again, this is a reminder. We're going to be, this tenant will drive all of our conversations or at least most of our conversations when we go forth in this mm-hmm. podcast. So we'll leave it at that today. Um, if we didn't answer one of your questions or we left something under addressed, um, just give us, give us some time. We'll get there mm-hmm. and hopefully we will um, address it faithfully. Um, with that said, uh, I'm going to ask you to join us again for the next 
episode. It's in this quick series that we're releasing on our three tenets. And that's the third tenet that all of parenting is discipleship. And this one is dear to our hearts because it governs um, how we go about making decisions, particularly in the gray areas of parenting and things like extracurricular activities or what movies we watch or, or what we're going to spend our time doing. All that has to do with discipleship. So join us for that conversation next time. And uh, for this one, why don't you pray us out, Sal, real quick. God, thank you so much for your idea of family, uh, for the purpose and depth and creation of it to relate to us in such an intimate way, Father. We are grateful for it. We are blessed by it, and we are called to live uh, in obedience and in higher ways because of it. Thank you for your instruction, your promises, your goodness. Thank you that your role is Father. We love you. We are grateful for you. Um, help us, God, in your name. Amen. All right. Um, fierce parent, go forth with confidence, um, knowing that uh, what you're doing is uh, is blessed by God, and he will give you everything you need to honor him in doing it. So with that, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Fierce Parenting Podcast. We'll see you again. Until then. <laughs> Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Parenting Podcast. For more resources, visit fierceparenting.com. And for daily encouragement, find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you'd like to support this ministry, please leave a rating or a review in your podcast app or visit patreon.com slash fierceparenting to become a monthly partner. We hope this episode has blessed you immensely. Take care.